Hello, and welcome to episode 75 of the 21 Handshake Marketing Podcast. If you are new to listening, welcome. Our podcast covers social media news and digital marketing trends for anyone who is involved in business. So whether you are in B2B or B2C, whether you're on the marketing or the sales team, we go over tips, trends, and we leave you with some actionable items to apply or think about. So first off, if you're new, let me introduce myself. I'm Sarah, account manager here at 21 Handshake. I'm Ashley, also an account manager. My name is Alex. I'm a creative manager in charge of photo and video content. So if you have followed our last few episodes, you know we are talking about a new digital marketing process that we have here at 21 Handshake, and we're breaking this down into nine action-filled steps. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, we will link them in the show notes, but definitely go back and listen to those. But here is the quick cliff note version. (laughs) Episode 68, we made the debut of our digital marketing solution, a nine-step roadmap Then. When followed, will lead you to market authority. In that episode, we did a very high level overview of each step one through nine. So if you want to know even what the heck we're talking about, go listen to episode 68. Episode 69, we started to deep dive into each step. The first step being market research. Episode 70, we dove headfirst into brand story. Episode 71, we talked about your website hub and why your business needs an updated website. Episode 72, we talked about why your social accounts need to be consistent. Episode 73, we talked about why good content is key. In episode 74, we discussed the final step of the frame section. So there's actually three sections to this nine step there is the foundation, the frame, and the front door. So we talked about episode, uh, episode 73, we talked, or 74, goodness, I'm getting them all confused, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about total market exposure, meaning using PPC and social ads to drive traffic. And today we are into the final three steps, the first one being the digital dialogue. So we only have three more weeks to talk about this, and then we will have completely talked about our nine-step marketing solutions, which is very exciting. But first, before we dive into digital dialogue, we are going to just go over some brief social media news. So first being, okay, Alex, are you on TikTok? Do you watch TikTok? I'm not personally on TikTok, but I've seen TikTok videos. Yes. Okay. It definitely does seem skewed towards younger generation. Like my son's 10 year old friends have TikTok accounts so they can watch it. It's definitely something younger. I don't even know if really it's anything marketing related or useful for businesses unless you're trying to go viral with like a music video. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, it is interesting that it is a hit and there are how many downloads now? Uh, there have been 1.5 billion downloads of TikTok. Uh, it is, uh, as of October 2018, it was actually the most popular app in the App Store uh, for iOS. Um, That's that, interesting because I have to imagine that that has increased in the past year. Oh, yeah. Well, I think, well, what? Since ever that guy came out with that country song and that went viral on TikTok and that's how he got started. What was the song all the kids were into last summer? Billy Ray Cyrus and... Um, um, Old Town Road. Yes, Old Town Road. Old Town yeah. Road. Oh, my God. If I have to hear that one So, <laughs> well, actually, that was the peak of its downloads. And every every quarter since then, it has actually decreased. Oh, oh interesting. Interesting. That's so, interesting. It has still reached 1.5 billion downloads. So, it's one of 
of the most popular apps in the world. What TikTok is is basically a a video sharing type app where you can make little like music videos. Or the best way that I would describe it is like v- what Vine was without the six second um, restriction, basically. On and how with the addition of um, music, right? And it's well, mainly just music. Is there anything else oh, no, on there's, there? There's a there's there is. a yeah. ton okay. of Vine type like short comedies mm-hmm. and things like okay. that. It's, it's mm-hmm. it is a like an entertainment slash music platform. So they actually bought Musical.ly in August of 2018, Mm. which is part of the reason why I think it's, it's grown to be known as very much a music app. Mm -hmm. And the, and the, the, the tile of the app itself, actually it has like a little music looking logo in it. Um, So I think that was their origin as well, but it is, it is, massively skewed towards a younger audience i don't know if there's much use for it from a b2b marketing space unless like you said you're trying to do something viral in which case it's very good for that um but it's if you're going to use it i would imagine it being used more in an influencer sense if you're working with Mm -hmm. somebody and want to do like a product plug or or some something more along those lines i don't foresee a lot of businesses having their own tiktok account unless you're prepared to be super super creative Right. And I think maybe the biggest lesson here is just know that people are on these social media apps Mm -hmm. and this goes for social media platforms to be entertained. Yeah. And the biggest takeaway, I think, for any marketer. So is people there to be entertained? Yeah, (laughs) it is a purely entertainment platform. Um, An interesting fact about TikTok actually is that it it is a is developed by a Chinese company, but it is not available in China due to censorship. Censorship reasons, uh, which I think is is just kind of fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. But um it's it's looping videos. Um, the shortest can be three seconds, longest is sixty seconds. So there there are definitely a lot of folks who are in the Vine space that have kind of rebuilt a platform on TikTok. Okay. It's, you can still like edit your video together yeah. to tell like a little short story mm-hmm. or a little joke or something like that. So all right, so that's TikTok. You know, I'm tempted just to kind of jump on there right now at Christmas There's, to see how many dancing so, Santas I can find. <laughs> I will say I'm like dabbled a tiny bit in tiktok by no means am i like an avid daily user because i'm not but i was interested in the hype and it is a lot of gen z but surprisingly it's also a lot of gen z's parents okay well maybe just to see what their kids are watching and it's really interesting (laughs) because i've seen a lot of tiktoks with you know your like typical like maybe middle school high school kids or whatever in it and then there are quite there's a quite a big um surprisingly amount of like boomers not no. boomers, like maybe older millennials um, on TikTok, like utilizing it, which I just think is hmm. kind of funny. So anyway, um, I also in the limited use that I've I've never seen a brand on there. Um, I've seen a lot of celebrities, surprisingly. OK, um, but no brands and no influencers yet. So that like might be a good space um, if if that's your target. Yeah, audience. if that's your target. You know, I don't know if you're a big brand. Again, I go back to would Coca-Cola do some type of dancing Santa? They always have that kind of iconic Santa drinking Coke. You know, that could be funny. But anyways, if anyone is affiliated with Coca-Cola, go try that out <laughs> for me. <laughs> All right, Ashley, Google Maps is also testing a new social feature. Tell us a little bit about that because I did not know this. This is kind yeah. of brand new breaking news. Okay, I'm actually excited about this. <laughs> um, so Google Maps is testing a new feature Um I would assume it's kind of like a combination of Yelp with like influencer marketing 
Um, but essentially, it will allow you to follow top local guides, which are community members who actively review businesses mm. um, and like post photos and share like information to Google Maps. Um, so you can like follow them to get recommendations for places to eat or places to shop. Um, and then eventually they want it to be have like a for you section um, that's customized to things that you like. I think this is a great idea. Um, they're currently just testing it. It's only live in a few markets. Um, Bangkok, London, Mexico City, New York, San Francisco, Tokyo, to name a few. All right. So big metro areas yeah. right now, but still very cool. Another yeah. use of Google trying, I think, to get back in the social game and yeah. we'll see if it's successful. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it might. Yeah, definitely. Well, because people are already using maps, you know, and I think that's always been the problem is Google has tried to come out with social platforms that people aren't using. Yeah. And it's a whole new thing, but people are using maps already. And this would just make it more user friendly. Exactly. Well, I think both of these stories easily lead us in today's topic around digital dialogue, because honestly, that is where all your conversations are taking place is online these days. Well, not all of them, but even if it's an offline conversation, it kind of sometimes carries over to online. In fact, just yesterday, I was at Elf's Musical and they had worked into the play. The Santa was complaining about kids sitting on his lap, but they weren't telling him like Santa what they wanted. They were just like texting their friends and messaging their friends and stuff on their phones, (laughs) which was really funny. But the whole audience got it because that is what we're doing. We're having conversations online we're having them on our phone and that leaves businesses in a unique position we can either be absent from the conversation i.e maybe that one family member who refuses to be on social media Mm -hmm. (laughs) or we can be engaged and i'll tell you it's going to be a lot better if you're engaged if you're new business you don't want to be absent because what if that new lead goes online and then they discover some trash talk that you didn't even know existed about your business. Or what if someone created an unofficial account for you on a social media platform? This stuff happens. It happens every day. So let's dive into how you can go from absent to engaged online with your business. So Ashley, when we talk about digital dialogue, can you give us the scoop on what platforms people should be looking at where online conversations are taking place? Yeah. So I would say most social media platforms just to be there to like we've talked about a million times, claim your business name. Number one, if you're going to start a social media account and claim your business name before somebody else does. Um, but also just monitor conversations. Um, there's a lot of tools that you can use to help um, monitor these conversations. Um, but also by simply just being active online, monitoring comments, um, checking out reviews, responding to things like that, um, whether they're negative or positive, um, are a a great way to be engaged. Um, Some good platforms outside of, you know, your traditional Facebook, um, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Google, Yelp. um, Yeah, I think especially if you're in the B2B, being on top of your Google and even maybe your Yelp are very important. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, So making sure that you're monitoring those reviews, if there's a negative one, respond. How can I help make this your experience better? Like, I'm so sorry. Um, I think we have a whole 
maybe blog post, not podcast episode on how to respond to negative yes. feedback. But, so yep. we'll link that. We'll um, link that in the show notes. Um, but even like positive experiences as well. Like we're so glad you enjoyed your experience. We hope you come back. Just things like that that make the customer feel valued and appreciated. Yes. Um, it really goes a long way. Yeah. So these are all good places where to start to find out where you're um, business is being talked about. And yeah. are there some kind of like monitoring? Did you mention that already? Yeah. So I would say the simplest and easiest one is to set up a Google alert. Google, right. Google alert. Yeah. Type in your business name or even related names and you will get emails at any time um, your business is, I think it's mentioned in the news or right. on yeah. Google. Yeah, it's mentioned on Google. Like we'll get alerts here for 21 Handshake when we publish a new podcast mm-hmm. because it has the word 21 Handshake in it. Right, right. Sometimes it's relevant, sometimes not. We have a client who has the word freedom in their name and Super like generic. I get kind of weird stuff from that. Mm-hmm. Like that had nothing to do you know, with that. But, but it's good just to keep an eye on and know kind of what the pulse is. And you can also set up a Google alert for like your industry. So you're staying mm-hmm. on top of, you know, big things that are happening in your industry. It's a great way to, like you said, keep a pulse on what's going on. Um, a, a more expensive one, but obviously is more features um, is Hootsuite. Um, so you can set up a, what are they calling it? A stream um, based on keywords that you choose um, and, and other things like that to give you a customized feed of what people are saying about you without even tagging you. So mm. sometimes it, say you're on Twitter, if someone tags you, obviously you get a notification that they're talking about you. Yeah. But oftentimes, especially if it's negative, they won't tag you in it and you want to know what's being said about you. So setting up streams like that is um, really beneficial. It allows you an opportunity to know what's happening and respond appropriately. Yeah, definitely all great ideas. And like we said, if anything, just set up that Google alert. It's free. At least you, yeah, at least you can have a little bit of a pulse and then just maybe have somebody once a month, put it on their calendar to check your Google reviews and respond back appropriately. Um, Just both good things just to keep kind of a pulse on what is being said about you online. So being aware is great about where your brand or business is being talked about and is a great part of being proactive in your online digital dialogue. But let's take it one step further because being proactive also means getting your whole team on board with this why it's important and then setting up a process of who should be in charge of responding. Like I just mentioned, like who is going to be that person that puts it in their calendar. So let's tackle first the why it's important to monitor and the customer impact. So Alex, can you tell us a little bit about that importance? It's certainly important to, to monitor these conversations because, well, for a couple different reasons. One, if you, for example, like you have your Google review and somebody leaves something negative, what I see businesses do sometimes is they'll they'll have kind of a stock comment that they'll put on there, and it's like, hey, sorry about your experience, blah blah blah. Reach out to Private us at message us or blank. whatever. Yeah, and when when that's happening, it feels like you're talking to a robot, and nobody enjoys talking to a robot. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing that you that you want to make sure that you're doing is if if you're asking for feedback, make sure that you actually take it into consideration, so people don't feel like they're talking into an open void. Um, because that can actually turn on you negatively if you do ask people for feedback and then don't do mm-hmm. anything with it. Now, obviously, not all feedback is good feedback. Some people might have just really had like a a standout, like poor experience, and and 
and that was just a by accident that happened um but you really want to make sure that you're listening to those people and responding to them and giving them some sort of like personalized response if possible because the more that you make your experience personalized the more people are going to trust you and believe you um and but like i said there 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 will be times when it won't necessarily be possible to take every single person's feedback into consideration or, or implement that into your business, whatever it may be. Of course, there are, there are considerations to that kind of stuff. But the, the important thing is just to make sure that, that you at least acknowledge what they're saying and, and try and make it personalized if you can. So true. Just to kind of actively be there and let, just acknowledging yeah. Sometimes all people just want, and, and both I, offline and online conversations, they just want to know that you hear them. The, the same How way, relatable. yeah, the same way that you'd have a conversation with somebody offline is the same way that you should have it online. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there is still somebody on the other side of that screen, and unfortunately, it's rare for them to get treated like a human. But if they do get treated like a human, it it makes an impression. Definitely, for sure. So definitely, active listening is so important when it comes to. Um, just kind of, you know, having a pulse, like we keep saying, just having a pulse on what's going on. And Alex, do you have any tips on like how to get your whole team on board? Well, here's, here's, I guess this is, this is somewhat the challenge, right? Yeah. Behind this, because, and I will say that working in this capacity of trying to monitor your online conversations, if you are a business that does a lot of, if you're more of a B2C company, you're going to have more of these conversations going on. And I think it'll be easier to get your team um, all pulled together. But if you're in a B2B space where there might not be as many reviews or as many online conversations going on, I think you still want, especially your sales team to understand the importance behind these people. These are people who are like, are digitally raising their hand and interacting with, with, you as a company and if you lay it out that way to people i think they'll especially your sales team or whoever or your customer service representatives they'll understand and have more of a desire to treat that person like they would treat anybody like i said um in an offline setting definitely yeah because the success of those conversations affects everybody and I know it can be really difficult i think in b2b especially to get your team on board and um but odds are there is maybe one person at least who wouldn't mind stepping up and doing a little bit of their job description on on this. You know, mm-hmm. they might like really like to be online and this just fits in their wheelhouse. So, you know, do a quick survey of your team. Find out A, who has the time to do this? B, are they willing to do it? And C, as a management team, and I'm just going to say, this isn't a question like, yes, you take the time to kind of just um, train them a little bit on this next thing that we're going to talk about, which is, sorry, how to respond online in the digital dialogue. So you're being aware, like we talked about with Ashley, you're active listening, like we talked about with Alex, you're found that designated person, but now how should they respond? Because honestly, you know, it can be a little different using your social media for your personal use versus for a business use. And you do kind of have to set up some rules about how, you you know, you want to respond. So I loved this tip list for online communication from browser media. And so I'm just going to take it from them because they laid this out so nicely. 
And we'll link this in the show notes so you can dive deeper into their article and we can, you know, link to them and provide good, nice, nice thoughts to them (laughs) for providing us this wonderful list. So the first one is to follow netiquette. (laughs) Now, that's a funny word, but I loved the use of that because it's etiquette for online. So on the net get it. It's a framework of accepted behaviors for communicating online, which is so important because it's important to maintain good relationships online, avoid offense, offensive stuff, Um, just having a framework for your whole team to kind of get behind because you don't need the ghost of online past behavior sneaking up on you and kicking your butt when you're maybe in a meeting with a good client or prospect, just be polite, just as you would in an offline encounter. I have a really good example. <laughs> yes, this. go First, ahead. And I think um, Alex did a really good job of touching on this before. You know, remember that there's a person on the other side yes. of that and you should be good. <laughs> yeah. Um, be respectful. We recently, I would say recently, past few months, there's a local pizza joint um, in the West Michigan area. And Someone had posted a review on, I don't know, must have been their Facebook review or something because it went kind of viral in our area, Um, posted a negative review saying that they had a really bad experience, that they wished it was better, that the management was very rude when they addressed Mm -hmm. the bad experience and, um, you know, would not recommend to his friends. Your typical negative review, probably. Um, And the business responded in a very hostile manner, like... Um, you know, just very negative, very derogatory, like, uh, you're not welcome back kind of thing. Um, and so then the person who posted the review shared it on their social media network and it became this viral thing where everyone was flocking to that review, leaving comments like, I will never come to this business again. If this is how you treat your customers, like I do not support your business. I will not ever like come to this business and I think it had a really big impact on their sales I've never really followed up with it but can you imagine having that many people coming to your Facebook page just to say that they won't support you because of how you responded to a customer that's very cringy everyone in the office is like oh god that's bad yeah that would be the ghost of past online behavior it's coming back awful. to haunt you and it's gonna keep coming back so to remember haunt you. that other people are reading these reviews and even if you get a negative response it's also about how you respond to that if you want to make it right and be respectful and apologize yes. and people can kind of take that with a grain of salt um and that's you know more understandable and i, I will say one thing in that case too like there is a very good chance that person got treated incorrectly and maybe the management staff was rude, Mm -hmm. but it's so important to like be the bigger person in that situation and not also respond to hostility with hostility. Yeah. Um, there, there may very, there may very well times be that you have to like take it on the chin. Like you may have been wrong, admit it and make it right. And yeah. in that case, if they had taken that chance to like really make it right, um, that person's probably coming back and they're going to talk about that yeah. experience as yeah. well with their people of like, oh man, they messed up and they made it right. I've also had that experience and I won't like go into length about it, but it, it ended up being a positive experience by yeah. the company and trying to make it right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when it comes down to it, customer service, it's the same online mm-hmm. as it is offline. Just be nice and respectful. That's all people want in this world. And, <laughs> you know, so I, 
I don't know, is in like golden rule type of situation. Let's follow that online as yeah, well. <laughs> do unto others as you want them to do unto you. <laughs> so we just all need a dose of that. So our second tip here. So follow netiquette. So just be polite, be respectful online. Use clear and concise language. So this one comes back to your style of content. So just be clear, like, let your audience, you know, enjoy actually reading your content. And you can do that in a few different ways by your tone of voice, by um, technical jargon, just keeping it to maybe a few industry related stuff, but not so technical that you're going to, if someone were that maybe was outside your industry or not as familiar or new to your industry, mm-hmm. did not know what you're talking about. It's not so technical that they're going to be like, huh, what's going on <laughs> with that? Um, and I think that probably is more in maybe the, maybe the style of post you're doing versus maybe responding back to a certain comment that somebody is asking about. If someone is asking you a very technical comment or in a comment asking you a technical question, of course, respond in kind. Don't kind of skirt mm-hmm. around the issue of, say, oh, well, I can't talk about technical jargon in this one. No, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> you know what to do. Okay. Just as if you were offline, you're doing it online. Um, and also break up your text. And I think this is important. And I think kind of on Instagram, they do a nice job of this. And maybe we forget about it on Facebook a little bit. We write these long form posts, but then we forget to put paragraphs in or maybe like an arrow down to the next paragraph. You know, people need kind of that visual. Um, even when you're reading like a blog post online, think of it like that. There's often headers that are breaking up the text and drawing your eye. Yeah. Just because, I mean, we've all been in that college class where we were overwhelmed by that 600 page book that was just line after line with no breaks in it. And you're like, what? I'm getting the cliff notes. Exactly why we went and bought the cliff notes. <laughs> so use clear and concise language. So important. Mm-hmm. Next one up is going back to kind of number two, but we're conveying the right tone. So again, that tone of voice. So online communication does differ a little bit because there's, you don't see the nonverbal cues, which when you're with, you know, a friend or a business acquaintance, prospect, you can kind of read their visual cues in person. Oh, they took offense at that comment. Oh, they didn't understand that comment. But we don't have that online. So just be really um, tailor your language and writing style to your intended audience. So I know we said before, don't alienate your audience with technical jargon. This is a very fine line. But you do want to tailor the language to your intended audience with, you know, language that they'll understand um, you know, if you're an industry that is maybe more, um, you know, manufacturing oriented, mm-hmm. you're using, you know, language that they'll yeah. understand. If you're maybe more um, real estate related, you're using that type of jargon, you know, that's going to be what your audience relates to. But I also think that so the tone in which you write, this is something that it, I think is challenging for everyone. Yeah. Um, things often get misconstrued and like, oh, well, like, why are you being rude? And it's like, I'm not actually being rude. I'm just trying to explain something yeah, to you. Yeah, um, yeah. So that goes back to keeping it simple, keeping it clear. Um, also, I think this is why emojis have become very popular is because it's yes, been a way to, to convey a, a, a body language or facial expression. Um, so if that fits your brand, um, definitely utilize it. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, love using emojis. <laughs> and I think that covers a lot of those cues, like yeah, you said. It's definitely helpful. 
So our next one is provide thorough responses. So as a general rule, answer um, to basic questions, always have an answer ready for the who, the what, the when, the where, the why, the how. Um, those are going to be a lot of the questions that you get online. So just make sure that you are providing a thorough response, communicating what you need to commute. And if you're uncertain about what the customer maybe online is asking about, don't be afraid to ask for clarification. They're not going to mind that. They're not going to think that you're silly for not knowing what they mean. We are talking about online again, mm -hmm. where we don't have those nonverbal cues. <laughs> so ask for clarification. It's always better to do that than to regret it later. And we do that a lot with a client that we handle social media for. They are a roofing underlayment manufacturer. I am not an underlayment you know, expert here in synthetic underlayments. So we always say, hey, can we private message you to get a little more information? Let's take this conversation a little bit more privately so we can get you connected with someone who has the answer for you. And they always do. They message us back. We message them. And it, it goes seamlessly. A sales guy follows up. They get their answer they get into the right hands of who has the answer for them. Because often it's very technical. So always get clarification. And our last little tip here is build a favorable online persona. And this just means your well-structured communication demonstrates customer appreciation. So again, that just comes back to respect is appreciated online. People want to feel safe online. They want to feel heard online. These are all just coming into play. Don't be the pizza place. Don't, you know, respond or not respond. You know, don't be that person because that's going to, you know, the ghost of online past will come back and haunt you. <laughs> so these are just some good tips to remember of how to engage online. Now, this is not, you know, every rule out there for engaging online. Obviously, different industries might have more specific, but these is a great broad overview of things to keep in mind when you're when you're online and communicating. Anything else you guys want to add? No, I think that was good. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. That's digital dialogue in a nutshell here. So we want to know, how are you engaging with your customers, our prospective leads online? Highly engaged customers, they usually buy more, they demonstrate their loyalty, they promote more for you without even having to ask them. So it's providing a good customer experience is so important. Like Alex talked about that active listening online. We are headed into 2020 and conversations, they're taking place online and offline, but a lot of times it's a lot more online these days. And we just wanna make sure that your offline and your online communication are along the same lines important to establish emotional connection between your customer and brand and a lot of the times it's happening online these days that is a big reason we have created this nine-step process we love to help businesses gain more traction online with their content with their digital dialogue with their social media with their website that is why we have a free webinar that goes over all nine steps of our digital marketing program, which we keep talking about here. It includes a bonus content for each step that you can put into action right away. We will link this in the show notes, but if you can't wait to get started, go to bit.ly forward slash 21 handshake nine step. That's bit.ly. So B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 21 handshake nine 
step. That's all lowercase for the 21 handshake nine step. So we'll, again, we'll link that in the show notes. Everything we talked about, we will also link in the show notes. Did you like this episode? Yes, of course you did. Then please like, subscribe, leave us a review and share it with a friend. It really does help get the word out about our show. Until next time.